Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 134, our Mr. Lube trivia question. Given that Matthew Barzell's in town tomorrow, actually he's hitting the ice here in 26 minutes over at the community arena. Uh, Matthew Barzell, he's going to win the Rookie of the Year award out of the Seattle Thunderbirds. Ethan Bear, hello Seattle Thunderbirds. Those two players both were banged up at last year's Memorial Cup. Uh, they played for the Seattle Thunderbirds, named the Edmonton area product second generation. His father played at Nate. His uncle played in the NHL, uh, who's got a 30-goal score, uh, season this year as a 19-year-old in the Western Hockey League. The answer was uh, Nolan Vulcan. And who was our winner in trivia? Brendan? Phil. Phil. Nice job, Phil. That was not an easy question. Portions of the show brought to you by World Floor Coverings. Tell them what it is now sent you. Receive two times the air miles, reward miles on your flooring purchases. At World Floor Coverings, they know a little about hockey. They know a lot about flooring. And the best pizza in the city still making a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. Including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. 48 Plus years for Royal Pizza, where the Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. You can visit royalpizza.ca for location nearest you. Royal Pizza, where everything is real. All right. You can text us at 630-630, tweet us at Oilers Now. Dudley says, uh, never back down, words to live by uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. All the strategy in the world won't make a bit of difference if the coaching staff can't get that message stick. Uh, Never back down. Another text on our Westlock Ford text line. Go down and see Westlock Ford. Worth the drive to get your new ride. Uh, Paul Olson and the gang at Westlock Ford will look after you. Bob, do you really believe that the Edmonton Oilers are showcasing Oscar Clefbaum? If they are, uh, what what trade do you believe can be worked out? I, I didn't say they were showcasing him. Uh, somebody wrote a piece off that. I think it was David Staples. I think that Oscar Clefbaum could be moved, yes. Uh, but I also think that people recognize that Oscar Clefbaum, first of all, he's a good teammate. He's had a tough year. He has played better of late. He had a terrific year last year, 12 goals, 38 points, plus, uh, I think he was plus seven or eight on the season. Uh, he's certainly a top four NHL defenseman that plays 22 minutes a game. So if you do move him, you better get something good for him. And you're also going to be moving him in a time in which he's coming off a struggle. Uh, those, you know, those are all factors. But pers- are they showcasing him? I, I don't think at this stage of the game I, I, we're beyond that. I mean, it's after the trade deadline. No, I don't think they're showcasing him. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Uh, the Fizzler has texted the show. Hey, Bob, is Oilers now ready for some objective discussion about the Oilers, or are you still in full censorship lockdown? Uh, if the past is any indication, it won't be until August when you stop the damage control from another lost season. I was just hoping you were going to be more reasonable this season from the Fizzler. Well, Fizzler, ultimately, I was wrong. Like, I thought at 25-game mark, 30-game mark, the Oilers went on an Eastern road trip and... Uh, 
beat Montreal 6-2, lost 1-0 the next night in Toronto in a game in which he had like 45 shots on Curtis McElhaney, pounded Columbus uh, 7-2 on a Tuesday night, so they chased Carey Price on Saturday, chased Sergei Barbrovsky on Tuesday. I certainly thought at that point the Edmonton Oilers were going to make the playoffs. Uh, they got to 500 by December 23rd. Uh, at least NHL 500 by December 23rd. I thought they were in good shape. And then they came out of the uh, post-Christmas break 1-6-1 and and lost all traction. I'm the, I'm the first to admit, I didn't see this season happening for this hockey team. You know what? Nor did a lot of others. For the record, there were a lot of people that thought the Edmonton Oilers were going to win the Western Conference. It has been a major disappointment. There are several factors as to why this has happened. Um... Look no further than save percentage, power play, and PK. they got to find a way to improve all three of those moving forward. I do think Talbot can bounce back. I think the coaching staff showed in San Jose that they can bounce back from having a crappy year on the power play. I mean, who saw a team going second in the league from December 1st on last year, finishing fifth overall on the power play, dropping to 31st this year? Especially given that that team had McDavid and Dreisaitl. If you did, all the more power to you. I did not. Uh... You can text us at 630-630. Bob, I think Oscar will come in healthy next year, and at $4 million, I'll take that chance. I do like Bear uh, way better than the Tyson-Berry option. Barry leaks goals. That text comes to us from Grand Prairie. Um, I think Tyson-Berry's done a lot of things that Ethan Bear has yet to do in his career. That's I think Ethan Bear has a chance to be a pretty good puck moving defenseman in time. I think he's going to need more time in Bakersfield. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Jimmy says, Bob, the Edmonton orders are like a duck that starts paddling only when his head goes underwater. Uh, hey, Bob, uh, do you think Ryan Strom is Colby Armstrong 2.0? No. I, I, I think they're very dissimilar players, actually. I think that uh, Strom has more natural ability. I think Armstrong was a limited, skilled player that played with a little bit of bite. Uh, I think that or Armstrong's a limited, skilled player that plays a little bit of bite. I think Ryan Strom is going to have to reinvent himself and has started that process. Because if he's here at Edmonton, he's going to be playing behind McDavid, Drysaddle, and you know Nugent Hopkins as well. So now, can he play as a third line center? I think even the, heart, the, the harshest critics of the Oilers would suggest to you that he has, over the course of the last three weeks, performed quite well in that spot as a third line right shot center. He's got to improve in the faceoff circle, and I like it when there's more pushback in his game. I think that's an important for, thing for him to do. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Billy says, Bob, uh, this is Billy from Breton. I think we should have taken Matthew Kachuk. What are your thoughts? Thanks, from Billy. I think the Oilers had Matthew Kachuk uh, right there with Mikhail Sergachev. But Paul Yarvey was certainly seen as being a uh, higher-end prospect at that time. Kachuk has been terrific for the Flames. Absolutely. He has been more impactful. Uh, he was raised in NHL circles. I think that's accelerated the process for him. I want to see where Yessa Pugliarvi goes. I know Winnipeg Jet fans don't like this comparable, but at the same age, 
Yes, Apoliarvi was a more accomplished player than Blake Wheeler. And Blake Wheeler just kept getting better and better and better. Can Poliarvi go? And I bring them up because Wheeler's a six foot five right shot guy that can skate like the wind and make plays. That's not an elite finisher. He can score a bit like he's a high 20 goal scorer, but he's not a 40 goal scorer. Can Poliarvi become that type of player by the time he's 23, 24, 25? I think the Oilers are sure hoping he can be. He's a very important prospect. I do like the minute allocation that he's playing right now. For me, the the 14 to to 15 a game and and the fact that he's not going against other teams' top defensive pairings, he he is making an impact as a third liner in Edmonton. I think that's going to transition. I think he's going to go by next year. He'll be in the top six, and hopefully in three years' time, we're talking about a first-line right wing. But it could take some time. It could take some time. We just talked about Taylor Hall with Alamey. And how much better of a player he is today at 25 maybe than he was at 22, 23. Heck, he's a way better player this year than he was last year. And he was pretty damn good last year. So stay with it with guys. That's yet another reason why some might say you shouldn't trade Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's going to get his man strength late 20s. He's a smart guy. He's an unselfish teammate. He's done a lot of the crap work while others were allowed to focus um, maybe being a little bit more, you know, relying on their skill a bit more. New just had a pretty good year. So, Texas at 630, 630. Um, this text says, uh, V says, Bob Matthew Kachuk also gets way more opportunities than Paul Yarby. Well, he plays with Michael Backlund, who I think is one of the most underrated players in the NHL, Michael Froelich. Like, that's their second line right now. Do they not, who do they have on that first line? Uh, they have Monaghan with Goodrow, and then they have Furlan when Furlan's healthy, right? Kachuk is on the first power play unit, though. He is on the first power play unit. Fair comment. Uh, Jimmy says, Bob, with 40 being the new 50, the phrase a 40 goal score needs to be used sparingly. That's somewhat fair. A text out of Grand Prairie saying, Bob, Strom is a talented player, but he comes in slow at the start of every year. No room for slow starters anymore, but I'm sure he knows that. He needs to work on his first step quickness. Well, the Oilers need to be up and running next year, right at the start of the year. I mean, you take a look at the start two years ago, 7-1 and one out of the gate. I think it played a factor into the type of season that the team had. This year, not so good. What were they, 1-5 and five or 1-4 and four to start the year? And uh, I think they were 1-5, and five, and they, they were in a tough spot. Let's get to this day in order's history. It's brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. They've got a great orders now road trip package coming up to Europe. You can call now to register at New West Travel. March 7th, hey, we should have brought this up with Craig Simpson. March 7th, 1988, Wayne Gretzky. Five assists. The Oilers beat the Winnipeg Jets 6 nothing. Craig Simpson had two goals and an assist. Again, this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. They're going to have an Oilers now road trip to Sweden and Germany to see the Oilers play in Europe next fall. Call now to register with New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. 145, uh, we're going to hook up here momentarily with Arthur Staple out of The Athletic. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show 
showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's 148 in Edmonton. Edmonton Oilers, the New York Islanders. Tomorrow, Louis DeBrusque will be one of our guests on tomorrow's show. We'll hear from Jordan Everly and a host of others, including Oilers head coach Todd McClellan on Oilers Now. But right now, we're pleased to be joined by a guy who just uh, switched allegiances, kind of. He joined that uh, burgeoning army known as the Athletic. For many years, he was the New York Islanders beat writer for Newsday. We welcome back to the show Arthur Staple. Hello, Arthur. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, One of the true pleasures that I have as a broadcaster for the Edmonton Oilers is every night I get to watch Connor McDavid. So on that note, how much of a treat has it been this year to watch how dynamic Matthew Barzell has been? It's uh, it's pretty entertaining, and uh, it's funny that you bring him up. You know, two guys that were in the same draft year that certainly wouldn't have been compared to one another all through their their youth careers and the years of their NHL careers. Uh, but I think Matthew Barzell wants to be considered up there with the best of his draft class, and that's Connor McDavid. And, you know, Connor McDavid's right now in a different class, but with both teams struggling the way that they are, I feel like Matthew Barzell. You know, uh, the Islanders obviously have John Tavares. We don't know what he's going to do with his future. Matthew Barza wants to be the guy to carry this team forward, uh, and he's certainly doing it offensively this year. Well, the funny thing is out west, and, I, you know, we have, wouldn't surprise you. We have a lot of Western League uh, managers and coaches do this show, and, and I have often said I think that the best players are produced in the GTHL just because the most competitive kids play against each other from the youngest of ages on, and that rankles and upsets a lot of the, you know, the old guard WHL guys. But I do think there's a lot of people that thought that uh, there was undue criticism directed towards Barzell in his draft year and several organizations like, hey, Arthur, do you think the Arizona Coyotes didn't wish they would have drafted Barzell instead of Dylan Strom right now? I mean, multiple teams passed on this guy. Why do you think that was the case? It's a good question because uh, obviously the Islanders went into that draft with no first-round pick and uh, came away with a guy that they would have had if they had, if they had picked uh, you know five or six I think you know just talking to their their scouts I remember on the draft floor uh, you know after they made that selection um, there was the, the kind of enthusiasm that I haven't seen from from their scouting staff in a long long time and and uh, I think they felt like it was lucky that he got through all the way to 16 and certainly through all three picks that the Bruins had. And then they were able to swing the trade with, uh, with Edmonton. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of Islander fans feel very grateful to both those organizations and, uh, that they were able to get Barzal. And yeah, he's, uh, he's certainly been as advertised even after a, a couple of uh, teenagers where he almost made the team and ended up going back to kind of to round out his game in, uh, in Seattle. Arthur, how has Jordan Everly played for the Islanders? Very well, you know. I, I think uh, in talking to Doug Wade throughout the year, he feels quite clearly that that Everly's been their most consistent forward, and um, you know he's he was as advertised through you know for most of his career in Edmonton. Obviously, uh, you know the Islanders aren't where they want to be in the standings, but uh, but he's not only been a, a good, smart player. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's as much Matthew Barzell hype as there would be without Jordan Everly. He's a guy who finishes a lot of Barzell's plays, and uh, when those two got put together about 10 games into the season, that really clicked those top two lines, and they were 
they were the biggest offensive powerhouse in the East for quite a while there until uh, until they started to tail off. So uh, when I watch Islanders play, uh, you mentioned Don Tavares. In a league that one thing about Tavares, terrific hand-eye coordination, lacrosse player, uh, but the league gets faster and faster every year. And, and the one thing I notice is sometimes he he doesn't seem to be in the same spot as in the past. Uh, is that a fair or unfair criticism? Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I think there's a lot that's obviously weighing on him with his uh, you know kind of the delayed contract decision that he put off to go through this last year of his contract. Uh, there was a lot riding on this year. Playoffs, first full year with Doug Wade as head coach. Um, you know, I think uh, I think he's a, he's a guy that uh, when he slumps, he tends to be in a little in that mode of overthinking things and trying to do too much. And, and uh, you know, I think that's what slows him down a bit. You know, the way that, uh, you know, he and Josh Bailey are all-stars and Andrews Lee is a 30-goal scorer. Those guys have been together pretty much the whole year. So uh, I don't know that he's slow to step I, I think maybe that just the the weight of what this team is going through is uh is maybe burdening him a bit um they're a little light on defense part of that's been injury i mean letty's minus 33 this year lots of teams like him uh would they potentially sacrifice a guy like brock nelson to improve moving forward on the back end absolutely you know i, I would imagine that if there was a a decent young defenseman available with a little bit of time at the trade deadline uh garth would have made that deal um but now they're sort of pointing towards the offseason with uh, their own first-round pick, which looks like it's going to be a lottery pick, and Calgary's first-round pick, which looks like it's going to be a lottery pick. So yeah, uh, wow. two of those, even if you don't move up uh, to the top three, you've got maybe 9 or 10 and 12 or 13, and, and you can package one of those, whether it's with Brock Nelson, whether it's with another young forward or, or a young defenseman or all three to try to get somebody to, to put in that top four on D. Yes, uh, Nick Letty certainly... Has a lot of great attributes. He's had a he's had a bit of a struggle the last few months. Johnny Boychuk's not been fully healthy. They lost Calvin DeHaan, so that uh, that really decimated them on defense. I don't even think we need to talk about goaltending. They are obviously going to need a new goalie next year. I want to ask you about the ex oiler coaching staff. Doug Waite, beloved in this market, an American guy that took to Edmonton. Uh, Luke Richardson went through his you know family went through a personal tragedy. Tremendous person. Uh, Kelly Buckberger turned down. Mul- I didn't always agree with Kelly when he was the assistant coach with the Oilers, but I know for a fact he turned down multiple coaching opportunities in other organizations. Uh, Freddie Brathwaite. I mean, it's got to be a fun coaching staff. How do you think they've done? You know, it's uh, it, it's difficult to say. Obviously, the the way that uh, the way that Doug Wayne has kind of let Matthew Barzell be as creative as he's been is uh, is a huge boon to their offense. But they haven't been able to figure out the defensive side, and that was before Dehan got hurt. It was uh, it was earlier in the year they were winning games and giving up three goals. And when the goals started to you know dry up a bit, and they lost Dehan and they lost Boychuk, uh, they were really exposed. And it's been a bit of a surprise that they haven't been able to figure it out. They've they've done a bit better the last eight or nine games, but you know they come in here on a seven game losing streak because they're not generating enough offense. All of a sudden, it's it's uh, it, it's a difficult uh, situation to get a handle on. There's a lot of guys with a lot of experience on the staff. They've got Greg Cronin still as a holdover from the previous staff. Um, so you would have thought that they would have been able to get it figured out. And and I think the longer it went on, the more of a mental toll it took on the team, you know, giving up goals quickly, uh, losing leads, things like that. And, and uh, you know, it doesn't seem like the coaching staff quite got it figured out in time, but uh, but still first year together and, 
uh, I would imagine they'll get at least another year to, to get it right. Arthur, we appreciate your time. We'll see you down there tomorrow. Thanks, Bob. Anytime. You bet. That is Arthur Staple, now with The Athletic, previously with Newsday, longtime Islanders beat writer. It's one fifty-six in Edmonton. Coming up tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, Brennan Ulrich. What's Reed bringing tonight? Uh, Hockey Canada GM Sean Burke will be on. Of course, uh, Jordan Everly, as uh, the Islanders are practicing here very shortly. So I'll have uh, the latest on that. And also, local crashed ice competitor Gabe Andres. That's going on down this weekend. Andres or Andres? I believe Andre. Is it O-N-D-R-U-S? No, it's not, obviously. No, so not Andres, I no. was just thinking of Ben Andres, who is a local player that uh, played in the Western Hockey League. I think he played in Swift Current. He was with the Oilers farm team for a while. Uh, spent some time with the Maple Leafs organization. So when you said that name, I thought maybe it's a relative. Uh, it's a well, cool event, though. It, it is a cool event. Uh, Sean Burke's son, Brendan Burke, goaltender for the University of Alberta, headed off to the upcoming University Cup. And uh, Sean Burke, uh, part of Canada's bronze medal squad at the Winter Olympics. Uh, Boy, they were close. They were close. Gave up a couple quick ones against Germany with their backup goalie. Ben Scriven's getting hurt. That hurt Team Canada in that event. All right. Uh, up next, a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 630 Chet Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Again, Reed Wilkins inside sports tonight at 6. Oilers now will be back tomorrow at noon. Louis, De- Louis DeBrusque will join us in studio, and we'll have uh, Watts uh, focusing on what should be a highly entertaining hockey game between the New York Islanders and the Edmonton Oilers. So long, everybody. With Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.